nervous? We always pray. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that before <laughs> the podcast. Let us pray. <laughs> Let us pray. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> my, my friend told me that he was when he was he was a kid, he was Catholic and he went to church with his mom a lot. And uh, he said one time, <laughs> the priest, he was probably like 10 years old, and the priest was like, <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> and he like audibly goes, Let us not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Dude. dude. His mom slapped him in the face, bro. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. right in church? Yep. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Ooh, That's amazing. Hey, come over. We're going to talk about that shit. That's the type uh, of thing. But, uh, so awkward. Anyways. Slapping during church. Yeah, bro. <laughs> he deserved it. He deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, I've been recording this whole time. Um. Anyway, That's guys. Uh, welcome back to a new episode this week. Uh, like always, you got me, Henry Portillo, and then you got my- Sebastian, his co-host. Always. Yes, sir. And today we actually got our first guest. This man, I promise him, as soon as we get everything set up, that we'll bring him in to the to the HQ. And we did. We got a good. Uh, this guy is, you know, a mentor. He's he train he helps me train jiu-jitsu, and and he's just a good dude. And uh, I would like to introduce uh, Daniel, bro. Say what's up. What's up, y'all? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, like I said, I had a conversation. I've been I've been knowing Daniel for uh, I think almost three years now. We, we're talking about that off air, and uh, you know we. We grapple, and he's a brown belt under Juan Tatum, and he's a fucking beast, and, he, you know, obviously. But I, we had a conversation a while back. He trains open mats on Friday, and I just – I feel like you and I had a good conversation, mm-hmm. and that made me think, like, oh, man, it will be a good idea to bring it in. And I spoke with Sebastian, and he's all in for it, so here you are, man. No, Yeah, always looking forward to meeting new people. Henry knows a lot of people, and uh, – the, we also before we start actually recording recording you you guys were talking about like your teacher yeah yeah i taught um sixth grade the year before last and this past year i taught eighth grade at the end of the year it was like it was a chaotic situation but yeah yeah i've been yeah. a teacher and also uh, how long have so how long have y'all two know each other from i know it's from jujitsu yeah just from jujitsu we've been uh for almost three years in june will be three uh holy shit you've been doing jujitsu for three years dude yeah six but i would say we really only started forming like a friendship like we were acquaintances everybody at the gym is kind of cool but yeah probably just in the last few months probably like the last four or five months when i started teaching a class on friday evenings yeah and it kind of just became like almost like a separate thing yeah you know um because juan teaches pretty much every class and he's got his own style of doing it and I have my own style of doing it. And so I asked him, it was probably like around January, right? Yeah. That I asked him if I could have my own class again. Um, cause I used to teach kids classes. I used to teach adult beginner classes. Um, and I was just like, yo dude, I, I want to take that Friday spot. We used to have a guy, um, who taught Friday evenings and then he fell out whenever COVID started. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, I want that Friday spot. I kind of just wanted to like, I don't know. I feel like I had a way to give back to the community that had like given so much to me, you know? And I know that, like I said, my style of coaching, my style of teaching, um, is a lot different than Juan. So I just kind of wanted to maybe give everybody a different feel of jujitsu. No, they were used to. No. Yeah, for sure. Everyone has their own different style. You, uh, Tony or, uh, Juan, Micah, you know, they all, they all have their own different style. And, uh, I started coming in towards the end of my tournament I started coming on Fridays as much as I could, and uh, Daniel really helped me out was to get some, I guess some uh, techniques done or whatever. I almost fucking passed passed out the last time I went to the <laughs> class, but uh, it was good, man. It was good for sure. Um, something that I was gonna point out is that um, 
that night. So I don't. It's sad to say I don't really want to talk about Jizzy because I've been really been training hard these past two months. I've been slacking out here, but uh, but what I do want to talk about is what uh we talked about the last time we um I came in. Yeah, I was the last one to leave, and me Daniel and I we stayed, and uh I guess you know taking our time getting ready or whatever, and we started talking about like. I don't know how it came across. I don't know if you remember, like, went from, like, jujitsu to, like, fucking life. And then we just started talking about, like, I guess, like, um, I guess we came across to with mental health. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I think uh, I think it's important to talk about that now, especially now, because, uh, you know, with this whole chaotic world that we live in, you know, that shit is crazy. And I, it's, it's cool to see a lot more people are more vocal about that shit, too, so. I don't know what's your thoughts on that. So my question is, or first, Daniel, is like, how long have you been focusing? So some people focus on mental health more importantly, I would say, like as we were teenagers or a little younger or um, we were taught like, oh, get over it. It's nothing. You'll get over it at some yeah, point. Yeah. But what about when because there's always that point of time where we actually focus on our mental health and how important it is. And what when was that for you? I would say the first time that like <clears throat> I recognized because I feel like I've experienced anxiety, social anxiety, depression, all these things since I was a small child. Mm -hmm. Like it started very young in my life and I just I had no understanding of it. I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't have that vocabulary to say mm -hmm. this is depression, you know, yeah. to be able to define what I was experiencing. Um, so I would say probably in like it's probably like 2013, maybe uh, I was I was probably like 18, 19 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I had started college in my first semester. I was like, it was terrible. I, I had, um, I was super depressed. I was living on campus. My grades were terrible. I was playing video games like nonstop. And then mm -hmm. I would, I would just play video games and then lift weights and then go do jujitsu. And like school was the last thing on my mind. And I lost my scholarship because my grades are so bad. It was like, yeah. it was a disaster, dude. Yeah, dude. You know, I had uh, no yeah. idea what I was even doing there. Um, and then... I actually ended up taking uh, a, a pretty high dose of psilocybin mushrooms winter break in between my first and second semester of college. And that like totally changed my perspective, but I still didn't understand why or like what really was going on with that. Um, and then, but it made me a lot more positive. And so I changed my major to something that I enjoyed a lot more, which was anthropology. Um, before that I was a science major and it was just like crippling but mm -hmm. yeah, um, for you. yeah dude for I, you on that I shit, took calculus yeah. and I was like I can't do this yeah fuck yeah um, <laughs> well I just wanted yeah. to do algebra yeah. but anyways um <clears throat> and so I started dating this girl because it was like I I, came, I became super confident like it taking the mushrooms like totally changed my perspective okay. on and it was just everything. one dose and that's what changed you yeah or? dude but it was a lot like, take it, was like, it was like five plus grams because like me like i have no idea that world like that's that area so i don't act like i know like yeah, but yeah. five what milligrams five grams that's five a, grams that's a, a lot that's a lot, lot bro. for shrooms that's a lot, a lot. Five grams. Yeah, and you yeah, also yeah. said a, what type of shrooms are these is there so uh, many different so that's that's the if people say like oh i took some shrooms that's the type of mushroom that's the type yeah, of mushroom yeah. well, that's the that's the hallucinogenic compound yeah because i i'm gonna put it out there i don't care but i've taken i've taken shrooms and uh yeah, I was like, on? is this safe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but uh, candy, I'm taking, I've, yeah, I've taken <laughs> shrooms too. And I mean, I don't know. It didn't really hit me. But anyways, yeah. So, yeah. So it 
like I said, it really helped me with my depression a lot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then I met this girl and we were dating for a little while. And that relationship was like, it was great. And then probably like the summer of 2013. So it was like my second semester of college was in the spring. We dated the whole time that summer. We ended up breaking up and it was like terrible for me. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like my first real relationship. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was broken, you know, I was broken. And so I would say, in the months following that is when the first time I took my mental health seriously, just because like I had already, like I said, I had already experienced depression yeah. and anxiety, but mm-hmm. it wasn't anything that I felt like I could talk about or even begin to know how to treat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I started taking it really seriously and I, I dove deep into, into meditating and that, Oh like, really? Meditation? That t- dude, that turned things around so much for me. But then I like, I lose the habit. Like I take it for granted. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm like, I'll meditate consistently day after day, right. start to feel amazing, yeah. you know? And then um, I take it for granted. I start to get into other stuff and it's like, it, I push it on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I forget how I got to the good place, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, that's, I started a really, dude, I was in a place where I could like, I was basically meditating 24 seven. You're just in that Zen state, bro. Yeah. So yeah, how's like, that process yeah, yeah, yeah. of meditating? Because when I hear meditating, of course, like if I think of meditating, my first thought is like sitting crisscross and just focusing on nothing. Or but like I, I wanted mm-hmm. to dive deep because when I told Henry to text you, like, hey, what would he enjoy to talk about? Because that's what we care about is like the guest passion, what they want to talk about. Yeah. And like so, meditating is like what for you? I'm assuming it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own ways of meditating. Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, yeah. So how was yours? You just sat, listened to music, or um, there were times I would listen to music, like just some like mm-hmm. Zen meditation playlists on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, a lot of the times it was just trying to focus on my breathing, and I learned a couple different techniques from different sources. One of them was anytime like. Like I focus on my breathing, so I'll focus on like from when the inhale begins to when it ends, focus on the pause, focus on when the exhale begins to when it ends. And then like I'd count my breaths. Oh, so sure. that's one. That's also one, right? And then mm. two, and then yeah. count to 10 and then start back down at one or, or even count back down. Mm. Um, and anytime that like I notice my, myself start to think, then I say thinking 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 you know and i bring it back to the breath yeah yeah and that sounds so difficult it's very difficult yeah Yeah. it's very difficult and um yeah i would recommend if people wanted to start meditation to find like a good guided meditation Mm. so that you have like a voice that's like telling you there's like walking you through the process step by step because for like it's it's is very difficult to learn on my own i ended up listening to a guided meditation by a guy named sam harris oh sam i know he's sam yeah, harris yeah. um and he has really good i don't i don't agree with all of his opinions necessarily but his yeah. guided meditations are fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah, yeah. and just kind of entering that space where it's like okay i need to stop i needed at the time to mm-hmm. not identify with my thoughts and this is something that i frequently run into where if I feel too much pain or sadness or anxiety or whatever it is, I identify with that. And then I feel shame because I'm like, oh man, I should be doing better. I should be feeling better, blah, blah, blah. And I ta- it's like I take myself too personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I identify and I try to define myself 
with how I'm feeling. So it's like, oh man, I'm depressed. Well, I am depressed, right? Rather than I am experiencing depression. That's a totally different way to look at it. Yeah. And so it's kind of like noticing that I am not really the thoughts that occur in my head. I am actually that which is aware of the thoughts. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. how, what, when you're saying that, how I'm taking it is like, taking in like different emotions, anxiety, depression, like those feelings, it just depends how you kind of perceive it in your own mind. Really? Yeah. It's like how you said earlier, is like saying I am depressed. I'm experiencing depression is just like almost like a, in my head, how I think of it like that is like a temporary thing. Like you're going to get over it at some point and it's going to be better. I'm guessing with that terminology, like how you phrase that, that's the goal. It's like, at some point it's going to go away and now I'm going to be in a better state of mind at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I have to detach myself from it in order to move on from it. You know what I mean? If I say like, I am depressed, it's like, that's a hole that I can dig myself in and stay there, you know? Mm -hmm. Or if it's like, I am experiencing depression, well, that opens up the entire universe because I can experience anything. Yeah. Oh, shit. I can experience anything. Yeah. Right now I'm experiencing depression, but I am that which is that which is consciously aware. I am the space through which all these different stimuli and all these different feelings mm. are are like coming into being, right? And I'm becoming aware of them. I'm not depression, you know? I'm not the emotions that I feel. I'm just that which is I'm I'm feeling them. I'm experiencing them. I mean, fuck, man, that's a good way of thinking of it. That actually when you said that it made me think of this uh this quote, I, I remember I saw this quote on Instagram, whatever, where this guy was coming up to Buddha and asking him, I was like, I, I feel sad. Or like, I want to I, I wanna be happy. He's like, that's where you fell. He said, you have to change your mindset and say, I am happy. Like, I don't know. That's it's just, I don't know. It just made me think about that. Like, he was just saying it's all like the mindset of like, yeah, you know, like of just changing your mindset, how you perceive things, how you see things, you know? Yeah. I had a... I had a, a this girl that I dated, but we were really good friends before we dated. We mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have even dated. Um, it made the friendship weird. Yeah, there's always that one. Like your friends, yeah. they are like, do I want Plus, to cross like, that I swung, line? I swung way too late, bro. Like we worked together, and then like we had been talking for a while. Like, yeah. we, would, we worked at a restaurant, and we would always stay after our shift and like eat together yeah. and talk and just like chat it up. Get to know, got to know each other super well. And it was like one summer. The whole summer we were just chilling like that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make a move. I ended up like sleeping with other girls that we worked with. Yeah, and I was yeah, just like, I was a mess, bro. Yeah, yeah. And really, I was just scared. Really, I was just scared. No, that's of being how vulnerable. it is. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to sleep with all these other girls and put aside my actual feelings because yeah. that's scary, bro. Like, what if that doesn't work well? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And after that, she couldn't trust me. But then we ended up dating after like months later. And it was just like, yeah, it was. Anyways, she, <laughs> yeah. back to the happiness thing, right? She said, um, she was like, I was like, man, I just feel like I I just want to be happier. And she was like, I don't understand why happiness is the goal. Like happiness is just an emotion, blah, blah, blah. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, okay, so happiness actually shouldn't be the goal. What should be the goal is like peace, right? To be at peace with whatever emotion comes in because happiness is a fleeting thing. Mm-hmm. It is a fleeting thing. You you can't, it's the same, it's the same thing with depression. It's like, you cannot be that. Because as soon as you identify as that, well, then the next time that you don't feel happy, then it's like, oh, well, this isn't me, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to deal with it in a healthy way, I don't think. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's a good way of saying that is because, like, no one's, no one in this world will feel happy 
24-7. Nah, like, dude, how you yeah. say it like that, like, oh, I'm experiencing or I am happy is like how you identify, how you were mentioning earlier, identifying yourself with that emotion. And the thing, the reason why I bring that up is because there's a lot of people out there that think like, that they think a lot of why they're feeling such an emotion and how I take it is like, there shouldn't be a reason to question that. Like it, yeah. it is an emotion that you're experiencing, but like focusing on the why behind it, I feel like it makes it 10 times worse. What do you think of that? I think, I, I agree like it's it's like you shouldn't ruminate on it mm-hmm. but also um yeah i agree because i think that sometimes that that just like helps you dig the hole even deeper yeah. you know what i mean because it's like you're telling yourself a story you know rather mm-hmm. than letting yourself just like experience the emotion and then let it go and then move on you're telling yourself a story and it's like this story of how i got here it's like i'm telling myself this narrative that that this is what led me to here and then this is like the trajectory that my life path is on you know what i mean and that's a very difficult thing to change if like you you get that story like really rooted into your mind like oh dude you know what i mean yeah dude and that's the place that i was like i would man i was i've I've been like off and on pretty depressed for a couple years honestly and uh it's only really over the last like few weeks that i've kind of come out of that but i was telling myself a story dude you know, dude, I was telling myself a story of like how I ended up there rather than just like, hold on. That's not here anymore though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff that happened that was Mm. terrible at the time is no longer happening in any way. Yeah. I've set the boundaries. Yeah. It's behind me. It's like, it's like a fucking, like a movie just playing your mind when you should just like take that shit out because like yeah and it's that how did i end up here yeah that's what it is it's that how did i end up here that's great how did i end up man i feel terrible how did i end up here oh well let me think about it and then that's all you do is think how did i end up here and you think that that's solving the problem it's like nah bro the only way to get through it is like i like to feel it like to feel it to really really feel it because thinking about it and feeling Mm -hmm. it are not the same thing bro yeah because like when you like uh what it is is like trying to figure out that story how you got there is kind of i feel like it also brings into the thought of like regret or i made a bad decision or i could have done something a lot better and just also like that hole you're digging yourself into is like oh i wish i did this instead of this i wish i did this instead of that yeah and what what benefits i understand meditation helps you get through these emotions but like the pros like day to day you just feel a lot better tackling the day when you meditate you just feel a lot better yeah the pros of meditation yeah i feel like yeah i feel like it lets me have that like reset button that reset Mm -hmm. button is available at any time like if i'm meditating as a habit okay then like i like i said earlier like there was a time in my life where i was basically in a constant state of meditation Mm -hmm. like walking around i was focusing on my breathing if i was interacting with somebody there was still like i don't want to say i was detached because that's not you know but i wasn't so invested in how everything was gonna go you know Like I I knew that there was this constant reset button where I was like, oh, I could just actually just breathe and walk away from this or breathe and, you know, feel totally differently and just move on from this emotion that I'm experiencing right now. You uh, you said you accidentally said earlier, you said detach. I mean, I feel like I mean, that's a good way of saying it, really, because it's just like that quote, like if you detach yourself from like everything else, you're you're just that's ultimate freedom. You're not worried about anything else. You're just worried about like you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a cool state of mind. That's something I feel like everyone should try to achieve, you know? Yeah. I had another point when we were talking about the stories, the narratives that led us there. I, I think that typically in my life, whenever I have like 
experience like a negative emotion frequently like if i am in a state of depression and that's like something that i'm constantly feeling throughout throughout most of my days um that is because i'm i'm ruminating on the story of what got me there and the reason that i'm stuck on that story is because i was attached to the outcome of something and i had been telling myself a different story yeah before that yeah. and it didn't go how i how i wanted it to. yeah and that it didn't go how yeah yeah, yeah. That and so i think it's that like we're naturally story builders and storytellers as human beings. That's like how we make make order of the world. Right. And so you you like you order your world by telling yourself a story and like putting yourself on this path and like this is how this is gonna go. And then whenever it doesn't go that way, then that's typically whenever I have gotten stuck. And I'm like, mm. well, where did I go wrong on that path? Yeah. And I have to like try to retrace my steps, retrace my steps. And it's like, bro, don't retrace your steps. Just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. Because you can't change the past, really. You can't change the past. And dude, you saying that just makes me think a lot. Like, um, you know, as like it's just great. I, I I was actually talking to a friend of mine like a day ago. I was just telling myself, like, it's just crazy. Has I just remember being a you know, you're we're kids, right? When we're kids, we don't think about like otherworldly concerns, or at least I didn't. You know, I always thought the world was like this, fucking rainbows and unicorns and shit, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when fucking life hits you, it, like hits you out of nowhere, and it's just one thing after another, right? Right. So like, I tell him like I'm a driver. I'm a fucking I'm a driver. So I'm always alone. My thoughts. Which is fucking annoying because I always sit there and I always just think about the story. I always think of myself. Like oh yeah, I think about think, dude. Oh my god, like I think about shit from like the past that like, like I've have hidden inside for such a long time. Yeah. So it just comes up and just like a big ass screen of it says Henry's life and it just says all this like BS, right? Yeah. And I'm just constantly just thinking, and it's not only one thing. It's just constantly other things just mixed with one another. I'm just all day fucking just thinking about the the story. And, yeah. I, and I wish it was easy to just and just like let it go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's not. And, and, and I don't even think that that's the answer. I Honestly, I think that what, well, I don't know the answer. But what I have found that helps for me right. is telling people that story. Sharing it. Even if it's the most shameful thing that you've ever yeah. done. You know what I mean? That's Once you one. share it, if you share it, then you'll you, like the thing that you've been holding on to. That has like changed your own perception of yourself for so long. Like, oh man, I never should have done that, bro. Like right. that shame that you're carrying around or whatever right. it is, or the shame, whether it's something that you did or something that happened to you. Um, once you tell other people about it, then they're like, oh yeah, dude, something really similar happened to me. Yeah. Or they're and you like, feel, you yeah. Feel, and you're like, wait, is alone. everyone experiencing yeah, this? Yeah, you don't, you don't feel crazy. And yeah. You, and you, yeah, feel, yeah. And you feel also like, it's funny you said it because uh, I actually just told someone. I don't tell people much about like my shit, but like I yeah. just told someone this past like Monday, they know who they are. But I told them about like my shit, and I feel like I could breathe. Like I like I hold so much shit inside, and like I I try to stay in this you know fucking. That's what bothers me. Like people try to act so the tough. machismo, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. toxic masculine uh, masculinity or whatever. Like they want to like show like no weakness, right? Yeah. And like once I finally like. <sighs> Just let it, like, just let everything fucking go, man. Just, I don't care what it is. You just feel like you could breathe, you know? Yeah. It's like a way off. You're like, so much you hold inside, you just feel good, you know? Absolutely, Boy, this man. man just destroyed people's ears blowing in the mic like that. Yeah, well, I just realized, oh, that had to hurt. <laughs> but it was just funny. One thing I wanted to ask as well is when we're going into the future with how people's society's mental is changing, how we're actually focusing on the mental health. Do you think 
children or like say let's say preteens or teenagers will be able to identify easier because like y'all said the machismo as you're a kid from your dad if you have a dad um, figure in your life or whoever that may be you're taught as a boy as a man you had to be tough like yeah. you really can't be crying yeah. if you get hurt or if your feelings are hurt you just got to brush it off and keep going and do you think that in the future is going to be completely different it's, it's already different dude yeah like yeah i taught eighth grade like i said this mm-hmm. last year it's already different man like those kids those kids will be sad you know what i mean like the boys they they'll be sad <laughs> the it's boys? like the boys no but seriously no, yeah. like, they'll be sad like it's yeah. it's fine like they'll mm-hmm. talk about like oh i like romance movies you know what i mean like nobody's putting on airs like that yeah. like i feel like and I, I do think that that's one positive of like the social media era is that like especially with the younger kids they really are sharing everything yeah. they are you know man. they were that's probably true. oversharing it's like hey bro you should probably handle that on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah yeah but um but that is changing i do feel like the culture is changing mm-hmm. that's sure. that's that's why i say like i don't know if i said off air on 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 air but uh that's something that makes me really happy when I scroll on Twitter or social media and I see someone like share their story. I'm like, damn, bro, that takes a lot. That takes a lot. Bro, like, it takes a lot. And people crave authenticity and vulnerability. Yeah. You know, like they crave yeah. it for real. Like you see somebody being authentic and vulnerable, then it's like, oh, I want to I want to hear that. Even if I can't really relate to it like that. If somebody's being that vulnerable, I feel like everybody on a human level can relate to it. Yeah. You know, and you and you have to be like in a very I feel like like a very low point in life to be able to reach that kind of level of vulnerability, like to share your story. Cause at that point you're holding so much is like, you have to let it out. Yeah. I also you think have to. like it to add a point, not really disagreeing with you, but I also think overcoming something to share how you were saying, like sharing, like, Hey, I felt that. But like, also I think maybe when you're at a low point, you do want to let it out to someone privately. But I think once you overcome it, you do want to share that success because yeah. you definitely think to yourself, like, you're definitely not alone who's feeling this. So yeah. I think once you overcome something, then you can share it. Publicly. You really can share it publicly. But when you're yeah. like low, low, you're not going to share it publicly, but rather you're going to share it to someone close because at some point, everybody's going to break yeah. like yeah. emotionally. Someone's going to snap and then you really need to say something. And that's the thing about the younger generation that I was saying, maybe they overshare. There's okay. like a culture around like being like, it's like cool to be like super depressed like morosely depressed you know what i mean like it's like cool to be suicidal like they talk about it openly and i'm like guys this is not good yeah like that's they stuff say that, I'm, I'm gonna kill myself as a joke and shit like yeah, that yeah, yeah. like and it's like dude, too much you, or like i don't even want to be here tomorrow i don't yeah. want to live you know and it's like don't joke about that yeah. you know what i mean like handle that on your own if that's actually how you're feeling handle that on your own and then like you said once you overcome it share it yeah but mm-hmm at least share it publicly but share it share it to your loved ones in the moment um but unfortunately a lot of those kids don't have that type of support like that man yeah, yeah. that's the thing that sucks too like especially if maybe sebastian could agree to this like you know i grew up in a very um old school like like Salvadoran fucking mentality and my family i talk about it um like i talked to danny about it we're not very like um we're very tough. We don't say I love you type shit, right? Yeah. So we're not very vocal with our emotions. We're very, we keep everything inside. Even my, my aunt, well, my aunt, she told us last year, like, if it's some one thing she, they knew they fucked up is like, they're not very loving. Yeah. So we're very like, I'm not vocal with my emotion. Like I didn't grow up saying like, I love you to my dad and shit like that, you know? Henry needs hugs, guys. I'm on the opposite spectrum with you on that then yeah. because... Um, I'm also Hispanic 
and the, it was a complete opposite. My parents were very vocal. Like I would like as a kid, teen, tell us now I tell my parents, I love you like every day. Lots of affection. So I think I had a great support system with them. Like even with my girlfriend, I like whatever I'm feeling, I'll communicate with that. Whatever she's feeling, she communicates that with me. And then it's that having that emotional support around you really helps you actually be vocal and communicate what you're feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, I am thankful for that because like, for example, yourself, you didn't have that. Yeah. And I think it, it would be more beneficial if people were, or I guess the past generation were more open with their feelings, really. And yeah, that's yeah. how we're seeing that generation change yeah. aspect. It's just weird, too, bro. Just like mm-hmm. fucking, just emotions are weird, man. Like, we talked about, I think with Adam, we talked about him when he was here that, like, when you get hit with some certain type of emotions, like you said earlier, we don't know what the fuck. Like, excuse me? Like, like what the fuck do we do, you know? Yeah. You get hit with this different type of emotion because, like, I'll be honest with you, like, when I got hit with shit like that, I was like, wait, like, wait a minute, you know, type shit, you know? And you ask yourself, like, what is this? Like, what do I do next? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people in that situation, um, they have their different ways of, like, journal, they journal or whatever, write down their emotions. That helps them. Or they, they pray, they talk to God or whatever they do, read or whatever helps them, was you know, to cope with that emotion because they don't know what else to do. Or, sadly, if they take it in a different way, they go to a dark path. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Which leads to some, you know, almost death. Yeah, I think that happens a lot with like men who who do suppress their emotions. Um, at least in my experience, anytime that I've exp- like been become addicted, I haven't been addicted to any like serious substances. Right. But there have been times in my life where I was like high, like twenty four seven, just because it was like I wake up, oh I can't. Eat. It was like I have this impulse, like oh I won't be able to make it through the day unless I smoke. I won't be able to go to school unless I smoke. I won't be able to, you know what I mean? Like that dependency. Um, I do think that, um, fuck, where is I going with that? I do think that, that that suppression of emotion like does lead to that and not being able, not feeling like I can open up and connect to other people in that mm-hmm. way. Um, but yeah, that, that, that culture of like the being macho, uh, <clears throat> I think that, uh, Sorry, I got I got caught up in my own mind real quick. Yeah, it happens to everybody. Like yeah, you'll yeah. just be talking and like so you have much. the idea well, in your head, yeah, but well, then once it's at that point, it's just blank. You because you guys are talking <laughs> and then I'm like, I have an idea. I have an idea, but I'm gonna wait my turn. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like not yeah. Uh so with shame, to bring up shame again, is like as a man, particularly a man who was raised to be like strong and tough and not like break down you know, and show that type of emotion. There's, there's shame attached for me to feeling extreme sadness or feeling extremely vulnerable. You know what I mean? Like there's shame attached to that because it's like, I'm telling myself I shouldn't feel this way. I'm invalidating my own feelings, like gaslighting myself, you know, like I shouldn't feel this way. I'm tougher than this. I'm stronger than this to be broken by, you know, some girl breaking up with me or whatever else it yeah. is. How could I be broken by that? I should yeah. be I should be able to just keep forging ahead. And it's yeah. like the shame prevents me from talking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and and that's that's where the dark path goes down. It's yeah. like if you're not sharing it, even with yourself, like even with myself, I want to acknowledge my own emotions because mm-hmm. I'm like, like I said, I don't I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah. I shouldn't feel this way. So I just push it down. And it's like, man. Yeah. But talking to people about it, that's yeah, that's really it easy. helps. And like um, with the whole shameful thing, uh, Sebastian probably agrees or whatever. Like, or I was gonna say real quick is that 
I remember as a like after my dad's first divorce. I remember like as a kid, like I used to be like very. How like, many has he had, bro? Two. Two. Mine yeah. too. Okay, I was gonna. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we're both fucked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, like when my dad first divorced, um, I just remember just being like, I would always cry. Like I always be like just so sensitive, dude. Like. Like, I would cry for every little thing, bro. Like, every little thing. And I just remember my dad would be, like, that mentality of, like, get up, be a man, don't cry. Like, you know? So, now, is like, I'm, tr- you know what I'm saying? Like it's I fucked up because he kind of put you in that space. Yeah. You know what I mean? But who blames? I can't blame him because his dad was the same way. Yeah, yeah. You know it's what I'm just saying? Society. But also, you're not the same way. Yeah, true. So, he had the opportunity to not be the same way. That's true. He's got to take responsibility for what he experienced as well. You know what I'm saying? I feel like my dad projects a lot of his issues with his father onto me. Yeah, that's how it is. You know, and it's like, hey, bro, can you handle yourself? Now that I'm like older, I'm like, you should have dealt with that and not put it on me. You should have dealt with that. Honestly, you know what I mean? So one question for you, Henry, is now that you saw now that, of course, as we grow older, we'll be identified these issues. I'm. This is just far in the future. Hypothetical situation. You have a kid. You're going to be completely different from than your father. Like, you clearly understand that, and you'll be completely different. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. man. Um, I think that really fucked with me a lot because, like, uh-huh. not even me. Like, I'm not trying to put my siblings in, on blast, but my siblings too, man. My siblings yeah. are very, they're very, like, uh, don't get away from me. Don't show emotion. Like, don't. Yeah, like, bro. You Gracie know. hates you, bro. Yeah, she does. <laughs> no, but she like, yeah, no, like my, my siblings, like my biological siblings are very like, like we don't show emotions, you know, we, yeah. we keep everything inside. And I think that's something that, I mean, it's not good. Thankfully, I don't, I, I'm more, obviously I'm more vocal. I'm fucking talking about it, but. Do you know. feel like you and your siblings like take your parents' mistakes out on each other? You know what I'm saying? Like, cause y'all were experiencing so much pain together mm-hmm. as siblings that it was like, well, who, who can I take this pain out on? You know what I'm saying? So then your strange sure. relationship with your siblings is actually not because of anything that y'all did to each other. It's because of what happened to all of you at the same time. Because that's mm-hmm. how I feel with my brother. Like, our relationship has gotten so much better, bro. How was it before? It was we, just oh, we you and like, Tony, right? You, just yeah, yeah. One of yeah. Like, oh, wow. oh, it wasn't good at all, dude. Like, we, we would fight all the time, you know? Um, and especially when we were kids, like, right after our, our parents divorced. Um it was bad dude because you guys are angry yeah and so we take it out on each other yeah. and it's like that there can be lingering resentment from that well to put in a picture for you guys like when my dad first divorced my biological mom um my dad was left with three kids me and my brother my my me and my sister and my brother and then he met his um uh, former wife my my stepmom and she had her own three kids so you can only fucking imagine the war we had every fucking day. We would fight yeah. every day. Because nobody wanted to be there. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just imagine, like, in my world, spend. Like, I was with my Bosch mom at the time, and then the next day I'm with other people. Yeah. So you can only imagine how that fucking just... Did your stepmom, like, treat you, like, treat you well, or did, were you, like, a stranger? My mom, my stepmom treated me. She, she treated me all right. I'm not trying, like, dive into that. I got but, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. Cause yeah. I had a stepmom and I felt like we had no relationship at all. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And that was, it's like, there's a stranger in my house and I'm trying to spend time with my dad. Yeah. It's weird. And there's this other person here who I don't know at all. Yeah. And, and it's like, 
almost like mm-hmm. are, are is he choosing her over us oh dude i had the, i had that you know? thought too man yeah i had that thought too early on i remember that and okay yeah, yeah I never experienced that, but I would picture it like as best as I can think of how you guys are describing. It's like almost an invasion of like your home because really like uh, all the movies and how you think of your homes, like with the people you're around with, right. and some absolute stranger comes into play and being so like being a important person to your loved ones is like it's kind of offsetting. Yeah. When you have right. two homes, you don't have a home. Yeah, that's how it is to be the child of, of yeah. divorced parents. It's rough. My parents are divorced, but I don't. I I don't never had a stepmom or a stepdad. My parents are just okay. flat out divorced. So that's so why I was like curious, like how it do is. you feel like you have like a good like 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 you have a solid foundation? I mean, at first, so when my parents got divorced, it, we, I was like, I was in elementary school, going to middle school, and my I have two younger brothers. The middle one was about five or six or so. And, um, the youngest, the youngest one at the time was just like a two, three year old or even younger, I believe. Um, before that divorce happened, like that's, my parents were always vocal about their emotions. Like, Hey, I love you. And that's why I always say to my parents, to my dad and my mom. Um, but the one thing that I thought about what you said is like subconsciously, because as kids, you probably don't know that you're doing it, Yeah. but you could be arguing with your siblings a lot more because of the, I don't know, not anger but just what's happening to you and your your home. And I guess you don't know how to deal with that at that age. So that's where it comes into play where you say, oh, you might fight with one another more often just because of what happened to you in mm-hmm. your environment. And that's why I want to ask because I don't have a stepmom or stepdad. Like, how do you guys feel with that? Is it just invasion of like your attention or just so, someone completely just random coming into, well, into well, the house? I'll, I'm going to add my input real quick to that. Yeah. Like, I remember as a kid, I was talking to someone about this the other day, but it makes me mad. Like, I think myself why that, you know, we were, we were kids. But mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, this one time, um, sadly, someone, like, died or whatever, right? And I wanted to go to the funeral so bad just because my family was going to be there. Yeah. And I wanted to be in that atmosphere. And I remember my dad, obviously, he didn't take me. He took his, you know, my stepmom at the time. And I remember being just so fucking, like, upset, like, so sad, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was thinking to myself, like, why would you, choose, you know, like, you go in that mindset of, like, why would you choose her over your own blood, like, your own, you know, your creations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking, like, I was just so upset with that, like, that he didn't take me. But in hindsight, it's whatever, right? But, like, I just, like, I, I you know, obviously, you're a kid. You don't know what's going on. And you think of it that, like, wow, you love her more than you love us type of shit, you know, like that. Because you, you go to, like, that weird place, yeah. you know? Yeah. But people are super complex, you know, that probably mm-hmm. wasn't the case you know that your dad loved her more than you just, oh yeah no you know yeah. he was probably just as confused as you were with everything you know now that we're adults it's like your relationships are crazy yeah insanely yeah. difficult yeah. to manage yeah. you know and it's like i could i could see somebody in that situation being pulled in a lot of different directions you know i mean obviously in my mind your, your children should always come first and I feel like that's what I learned by not being put first, which will be a blessing. If I have kids, it would be a blessing for them that I learned that. And I was able oh, to like, no. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like grow through that. Um, but at the time I felt like, I felt like growing up, like we were pretty neglected anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, nobody taught me, nobody taught me shit. Nobody taught me anything about finances. Nobody taught me anything about sex. Nobody taught me anything about relationships. Nobody taught me like how to behave really. You know, it was like very hands off. Um, so I've kind of had to like try to figure out how to make my own way in the world and like find other mentors like Juan, 
other people like that that I can like look to look to like how to how to act in the world like yeah. genuinely how to act in the world because yeah like my adolescence was kind of crazy dude yeah. yeah 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 and it's crazy too like obviously it sucks and stuff like that but like the in hindsight the amazing thing is that's what makes you you, you yeah know i'm saying like i remember one time uh shout out to tate if he's watching this but tate you know when he was training me for a tournament like in the mornings uh i just like at that point, we're at that, like, relationship where we're, like, this dude sees me, like, grinding it out. Like, I trusted him, you know? Yeah. And I opened up to him, and I told him, like, all my BS. And I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember Tate was, like, he, he was sitting down. He got up right after. He's, like, he's like, dude, that made me. He, he started jumping around. He's, like, dude, that makes me want to work out, you know? That makes me, like, want to, like, do something. Like, but, like, that's what makes you, you know? Like, it sucks to, like, everyone out there that goes through all that bullshit, right, mm. um, in their life. But, like, when you think about it, hindsight, like, it's your fucking story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and it, yeah, it's, it sucks, but, like, it's just how you perceive it. And, and it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's the cool thing about it, too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it can constantly be started over. You know, like, I would say over the last couple of years, I've really had to, like, reformulate my, my entire identity. You know? Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like I was riding the momentum of the pain of my childhood for a long mm -hmm. time. You know, and I was basically like a walking reaction to that, to what happened to me as a kid, rather than like actually making making conscious decisions of like where I wanted to be in life and who I wanted to be. Mm. You know, it was like I was just a reaction to everything. Like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, then I'm going to try to do it. Oh, well, that really hurt me. So I'm going to try to now I'm, I'm walking around like as a hurt person. So I'm going to be yeah. guarded and aggressive and whatever else, you know, um, that's that you know what really led me to martial arts which is like a blessing yeah but it was having so much like energy and aggression um for a while like deep down genuinely wanting to hurt somebody wow. you know yeah like genuinely wanting to hurt somebody um which is why i was fighting and then it's been tough like like fighting is such a part of my identity ever since i was a child you know, like I was a fight fan from a very young age and just watching fights and my brother and my cousin, we would fight in the backyard all the time, dude. Like we didn't play like that. Like sometimes we did, but usually it was just like fighting, you know? Um, and so that's just like how we were, bro. Like we played super rough a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Like that's how it was growing up. If we played, we were playing tackle football on the street, you know, like ridiculous, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like just being crazy. And, uh, and so I just kind of like carried that with me. And like I said, just kind of riding that momentum of like, I'm a very hurt person. I was hurt a lot as a kid. I got bullied a lot. My parents divorced um, right after I switched to a new school. So I didn't even really have friends, you know, and it was like, yeah. I was very alone at the time. Um, my brother and I's relationship became really strained by that. And that kind of all culminated in me, like I said, like one wanting to have like, like aspiring to a certain like having like really really high aspirations towards like i want to be a world champion or i want to be something great you know maybe because i was ignored as a kid mm -hmm. like i just want to be heard and seen at all at all costs yeah. you know and then also having that drive to like want to hurt somebody but also on the positive side like wanting to follow a path of like self-mastery and self-perfection so mm -hmm. it's like there's positives and negatives that led me to to go as deep into martial arts as i as i have gone you know 
but with fighting MMA in particular. Light, finally. Yeah, yeah. With fighting MMA in particular, there was that inner drive to like, like I said, want to hurt, want to hurt people. Yeah. I and mean, like, yeah, you want to. But take, you have to feel that way if you're gonna yeah. fight. You have to. If there's not, if you don't have that edge, you're gonna run into somebody who does, and they're gonna fuck you up. Yeah, they're gonna fuck. You yeah. Up. So you think that you have to go in the full aggressive, right? That you, the only thing your mind has to be in is like, I had to be him at any cost, essentially. Yeah. And do you think anger is the best way to have that? I don't know. You know how you say if you're fighting with anger, mm. you're a lot more, I guess it fuels you. Do you think? No, I would say, like like I said, anger led me into fighting. But once I got into fighting, uh, no. I mean, by, by the time I had my last fight, which is February 2018, um, shout out to Edgardo Guzman, my last opponent. He's a really cool guy. He's about to make his pro debut for XKO um, in June. So congratulations, bro. Um, but... Before before that fight, I had gotten myself to a place where I could like, like brainwash myself into being like, oh, like a, like a Terminator type robot. Like I had no, there was nothing in my mind, no emotions at all. Wow. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which I mean, people might say like, oh, that's a dark place, but I don't think I don't think it's like dark or light. I don't think we could could define it on that like with those parameters, but. It was it was just like I said, like a total emptiness and focus on one goal, right? And uh, like total tunnel vision. Nowhere, nowhere in my mind did the possibility of losing enter at all. By the time once I got warmed up, obviously I'm terrified, like terrified in the weeks preceding, just horrible anxiety yeah, the whole yeah. time. That's like, do, like damn, this dude's a good fighter because the dude I fought before that he was brand new to the sport. And so I, I was, I had fun in that fight. I was loose. I was like, you know, I knew I was going to beat him. Yeah. Honestly. You're confident. confident. Obviously anybody yeah. can win, but I knew I was going to beat him, but Edgardo is a good fighter. So I was like, you know, I watched his tape. He had beaten guys that I've seen fight that were good and experienced like his first or second pro fight. He beat, he beat this guy who's had already had like six fights. And I was like, this is a real fighter that I'm about to come up against. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was like a level of anxiety that was, that was a lot for me. And I was a full-time student and I was working at the time. Um, and it was my first cut down to 145 pounds. And that was a ridiculous weight cut. Cause I walk around at like 175, but, um, Steady pounds. That's great. it was a lot fighting jujitsu specifically or MMA, MMA. makes my fighting oh, wow. MMA. Yeah. And, uh, and is for a legit promotion legacy, you know, um, yeah. probably like the third, biggest promotion in the united states um behind the ufc and bellator so it was like a big deal man and uh and so yeah for that fight i became like like i was really sick the day of the fight because my weight cut was horrible and then i ate too much food after after like trying to rehydrate and get everything back in me i ate too much and it fucked me up the day of the fight dude i felt sick and my hips like locked up and everything like i felt really tight and tense um and even if I watch the tape of the fight, I'm like, damn, my movement is trash. Like, I look tight. I look- did you win that fight? I did, yeah. Um, but like I said, in my mind, I got myself to a place. It wasn't even confidence. It was like certainty that like I could not be beaten. Yeah. You know? You like, like told your, your, your It wasn't your confidence. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at all. It was business. I'm here for business. Yeah. This is my fight. This is my night. This has mm-hmm. nothing to do with you. Or anybody else has nothing to do with anybody in the crowd, has nothing to do with my opponent, has nothing to do with their promotion. This whole thing is happening because of me. And everything in the universe that's from from the start of the universe 
however you believe it started, whether God breathed it into existence or there was the Big Bang or whatever, everything from that moment through a series of cause and effect led me to be right here. And that's all that matters. That's yeah. all that matters. And this is my purpose. There's a single unifying purpose behind everything that's ever happened has led me to this point. It's like God put me here. So how can I lose? You know, God put me here. Uh, the war mentality. Yeah, bro. yeah. This yeah. man motivated and me already, bro, like saying shit like I was, that. I was like, oh shit. I was ready. I was <laughs> ready. To, I was ready to die. Yeah. One hundred percent. I was ready to die. I let go of everything. Damn. I let go of everything that makes Daniel Lemons Daniel Lemons was not with me when I went in that cage. Like I said, one purpose. Everything yeah. unified towards one thing. I feel like if you get in that type of state, like there's good I mean, luck lose i mean good yeah. luck beating that person uh, dude it's crazy that's what, yeah. go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say that that's what makes world-class fighting yeah. so amazing for me to watch because i know that they're both in that state yeah and, and it's, it's like, like who's gonna come out on yeah, top bro because they're both ready is. to die and yeah. they both believe that god put them here to win this fight and become the champion or whatever yeah. it is and so it's like that to me is the most intense level of sporting or you know some people call it say it's a sport some people say it's not yeah but to me athletic competition that's yeah. the most intense it can that's get the most intense because right. i know that they're both ready to die because i've been in that place and so i can relate to it so strongly and that's why it's so fascinating for me to watch yeah. i mean dude like um i are the closest thing i can say to that or even relate to that is like i i really don't want to talk about it because i haven't trained that much but um when i row you know when i row it's like like my mentality i've said this to all my teammates to, to you guys you know they always tell me like oh henry has a gas tank whatever i told him no i don't think i have a gas tank i mean i'm fucking out of shape but just like my mentality is like i just don't fucking i hate losing bro. i hate, yeah. can't stand it bro and you know what i'm saying like victor well, says and, you don't tap bro I mean, I know. That's what I've heard the most from your teammates and, and your coaches. Like, Henry doesn't tap. I remember, I don't know what coach you had at the time that told you this, but you tapped out to a submission and he got really pissed at you because he knew you oh, shouldn't have tapped. Coach Juan, uh, Adrian was on top of me. This you one tapped time. the pressure? I think so. Yeah. You I just flipped that, bro. out. Bro. I remember, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, the, the reason why people say you have a gas tanker, you know, they talk about you this way, um, is like, you you have been broken everybody gets broken right. if you train jiu-jitsu you train martial arts whatever it is life itself breaks people yeah, it breaks you being alive being a human being breaks you right. so it's like you will be broken that's not what makes you tough what makes you tough is are you going to accept that or are you going to say i'm not going to be broken like it's going to take a lot more to break me next time yeah. you know what i mean so like your threshold yeah. for like pain or it's not even pain it's like quitting yeah like giving up on yourself not having faith in yourself, your threshold becomes higher. If your threshold becomes higher, then then that then you're that's the right way to respond. I think that's that's what shows that you have like that you you're a tough individual. I think that's toughness to me. It's not like you can't be broken. It's how do you respond from being broken? Does your threshold become higher? Because for me, it's like now I'm aware. I'm like, damn, that's that's all it took for me to to quit. That's unacceptable. Yeah. I will never quit to anything like that again. Yeah. And then I quit again to something much more severe. And I'm like, damn, that's all it took for me to quit. Yeah. That's unacceptable too, yeah. bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. So I think yeah. that there's that, that constant <laughs> growth. I think that's what it is, bro. You know? Yeah, yeah man. Uh, I don't know. That's why I was, I told them like, like, I don't know. I just, I, I take it very serious, you know? Yeah. Like it's with like you, you relate this with the most, like after class with anything, like, 
when you get beat, when you get broken, bro, in that shower, you're just thinking about it, bro. Yeah, I'm just thinking like, how the fuck did I let? Or when in my mind is like, if I go in the middle, Coach Juan calls us in the middle, right? And I go against like, let's say like someone. I'm not gonna say the name, but like if I go against someone, my mind is like, I'm gonna fucking beat you, bro. There's no fucking way you can beat me. Absolutely doesn't. And then he beats me, bro. Ooh, bro. I'm showering. I'm pissed, bro. You know what I'm saying? Bro, the the roles in the middle. I feel like that's, you know, that's something that I don't think they do at a lot of gyms. Yeah, um, that's like a Juan Tatum special. Yeah, it is. Shout out to Coach Juan. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's you know rolling in the middle, just having that competitive atmosphere like every single night, dude. Like, so I'm sure he's explained it. We we get in a big circle at the end yeah. of class, and then like people roll um, with everybody watching, and like Snurge even just telling people, bro, they're Snurge like they're like that sounds so intense. And to me, I like I almost take it for granted because yeah. I've been doing it so long. That's how Wands run class yeah. for so long that I'm like, what do you mean? It's just for me, it's just grappling. I'm just grappling again. Obviously, it's a higher pace and intensity than I would. If he were walking, in, yeah. If you were walking, he'd be like, what the fuck. Yeah. Well, it's like, like some Mortal Kombat type shit, bro. You yeah, I see a circle, and then there's only two fighters in the middle. It's and like, just okay, people pretty... yelling, losing, and shit. Yeah, dude. yeah, I can see the intensity for sure. I can see like how people that are watching, or I don't know, if I walked in and just watching, I think it's intense. I think that whole forming a circle and watching two people, like the whole group watching only two individuals, is the the idea of behind that alone is intense. You got to put it on the line. Yeah, yeah. you have to, bro. And Every, you don't, yeah. you don't <laughs> fuck up from Coach Juan too. Cause like, I take it very like I I told someone the other day like Coach Juan is like you know he's your mentor mentor he's like yeah you don't fell in front of him so like when he's yelling your name and telling you like sprawl or grab their leg or like you know do whatever you like yeah. fuck like you gotta do it I think even less than making mistakes it's like what we were talking about with the breaking point thing where it's like you know you like your threshold continues to get higher every time you get broken mm. he doesn't accept you getting broken yeah if it's if it's not High, like it doesn't meet his standard for you yeah. he has high standards for us yeah he does you know what i mean so it's like that i i think that whatever anger that he might display i don't think it's because of mistakes i think it's because like you you broke at whatever you shouldn't have you know what i mean because like a lot of mistakes in jujitsu come from um not believing that you can pull off the technique that, that you want to try or not oh, commit yeah, not committing yeah. not committing you know what I mean? And I think that not committing is kind of like breaking. I think that's very similar, you know? Because it's like, I don't have faith in myself. You are broken if you don't have faith in yourself. You already so lost. So it's like, if I'm not going to commit to this technique, yeah. that, that's because I don't have faith in myself, right? And it's like we were talking about whenever I was trying to prepare you for your tournament. If you're not committing to the technique, then you don't actually want to do the technique. And so then you're lying to yourself because you tell yourself, I'm going to do this technique, but then you don't commit all the way. You never actually wanted to do it, bro. Yeah. So you're lying to yourself. You're yeah. not being honest with yourself. That's where the shame comes in. That's where it's like, it's not even Coach Juan yelling. It's not even other people watching. It's what it's you watching it's yourself, you, you watching, knowing yeah. that you lied to yourself and you didn't commit, dude. Yeah, yeah. And that's worse yeah. than losing. That extends bro. way beyond yeah. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That extends oh, yeah, way yeah, beyond yeah, jiu-jitsu because people tell them. I tell myself things. I want to do this. I want to be this. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I don't see myself follow through. And then I'm like, how can I trust myself? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to trust yourself again after you've seen yourself like, you've seen yourself break, not yeah. not follow through on the commitments that you made to yourself. Yeah, bro. See, bro. Damn. Yeah. Damn. One question. One fun question. Just I would like to. I asked him when he did streams. What did you experience? Like, I understand like a whole turning point, but okay. what the fuck did you see? Uh, you don't that, have to share if you first, don't want to. Because um, 
I'm sure. good on time, dude. I'm down to keep it rolling. We keep it rolling, Henry. Cool. What's sure. the time on cool that, that shit? Fifty-five. Fifty-five. I'm cool to keep it rolling. You know, Fuck it. I yeah. feel like it's going well. Yeah. Um, the first time, I was I was eighteen, and my buddy, uh, who will remain nameless, uh, he ended up getting a lot of mushrooms. Like he got a, a half ounce before he had done him done it once before, and he had done two grams. And so a half ounce, like fourteen grams, and uh, it was a lot. Like they say, like a heroic dose is five grams, right? And so I'm pretty sure that's how much we took, but it wasn't obvious because he didn't really weigh it out. He just like took a small <laughs> handful and was like, "We're gonna save this, and then we're gonna split the rest of all of this." And I was like, okay, you know. How and do you was, authenticate shrooms? I mean, that might be a dumbass question, but how do you know you're legit getting shrooms? You can you can tell by the way they look. There's okay. not other mushrooms that really. They're look very. Like, it's very. They're, they're very distinct. Yeah. In appearance. Oh, okay, they're okay. I was gonna say, how do you fucking make sure? It tastes like fucking... ass, bro. Yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> very distinct in okay. appearance. Yeah, okay. like you could tell. And this sounds crazy, dude. Um, but I feel like if you're in the presence of psilocybin mushrooms just being in the presence of them for me or knowing that somebody has them or that i might do them in the next couple hours i already start to feel like a different vibe you yeah. know what i mean like man i've had some crazy coincidences like with mushrooms involved Damn. not even on mushrooms you still but do you still be doing them i'm gonna do them again soon i haven't done it in a little while but um the first time mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, I took probably like five or six grams. It was a, it was way too much. That's a lot. And yeah. that's where the keyword heroic comes from. Is yeah, like, yeah. that's a shit. Well, time. because you're gonna follow. Like you gotta, you're gonna face some demons, bro. You know, like uh, it, it's like you face your inner self. Like everything. That you've <laughs> yeah, been yeah, yeah. Like Mike Tyson talks about it. Yeah, that's why I'm interested in hearing how you guys put that in perspective. Because like dude. it's a lot to like. I feel like it might be a so, lot to describe, and that's why I'm interested. I'll in. tell this one, and then I'll briefly touch on two other mushroom experiences that I had because those were also very intense. Um, so the first one, my buddy, we were at his parents' house at the time, and they were asleep downstairs, and we were upstairs in his game room, and the game room was really big, and it had like one of those wraparound couches that kind of went around one wall and then on the other, mm -hmm. and then he had a love seat over here, and then there was like these double doors, um, almost like like they didn't have you know like they don't have yeah, knobs yeah. in it or anything they just kind of open um and so <laughs> this motherfucker bro he starts to feel it right the first like 45 minutes i just get like a body high i'm like this is great bro this feels awesome you know it's not really intense it's just like i feel awesome this is is this how it is is this yeah. mushrooms this is great yeah. and then he's like oh man this is starting to be a lot bro i think i need to go to my room and be alone and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, bro, I'm in your parents' house. I have no idea how this is about to go. You know what I mean? Like, and he's like, yeah, man, this is a lot. This is too intense. I got to go. And so he leaves <laughs> and he turns the light off, bro. Like he turns the light off in the game room. And so I'm alone in this room. Like I said, it's a, it's a large room. It's a big ass room. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's probably like two or three of this room, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a large room. And Dude. I'm like. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm by myself now. I remember specifically looking through those double doors and there's a slit right in the middle. And one of the lights that was like on the back of his neighbor's house was like pointing right through the slit. And I started to stare at it and it started to grow to the point where like I almost passed out. Like I almost fell backwards, oh, dude, it was intense. Yeah. And so then um, I don't really remember how this, the really intense effects started but I remember sitting on one end of the wraparound couch. I was over here and the rest of the couch wrapped around. Mm. And I remember I started to hear like 
whispering almost, right? Oh, hell no. Bro, but <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't afraid, though. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid. And oh. I started to hear, like, whispering almost. And then I looked, and I could see clearly. They, I don't know if there were people or if there were other things. Um, other beings on the rest of the couch. Oh, shit. Like, and they were just talking to each other. Like, I wasn't even there. Like I was shadowy figures or like you could, or I couldn't, you could I, picture them, how they the, look the conjuring almost. <laughs> they were almost like apparitions in a way. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Okay. Like almost like there was a separate plane of existence that these, that these things were just, they were just vibing. They were just, yeah, they're just chilling. And yeah. I, I just, just so happened to like stumble sh- under like, yeah. like whatever, like uh, a window, whatever is separating our realm from theirs was like, faded for a second i was able to like see through it you know yeah. what i mean but they it's like they couldn't they didn't know i was there is how i experienced Did, it was it just whispering like inaudible or you could actually understand what they're saying i couldn't understand so, it oh, um but the meaning of life so then shit. i remember i remember like starting to get pretty scared not because of that like that's kind of that moment kind of passed i remember starting to get pretty scared um Dan, daniel's brave bro the first time here whispering like, oh shit i'm fucked <laughs> like that's but like red, i man. said i felt like their presence was like warm almost. oh okay you know so it was like, like okay yeah 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 it wasn't in like and they didn't oh, seem God. to notice me it oh, was God. like i was like peeking in you know <laughs> like what's going on guys <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> y'all cool yeah in that realm but um and so i remember <laughs> i remember being wrapped up in a blanket I, I moved across to the love seat and i, I was wrapped up in a blanket and then all of a sudden it, I, I felt like the blanket was actually a bear that was on top of me and I had to throw the blanket off. It was just heavy? Bro, it was a... No, it was a bear. It wasn't just heavy. It was a bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so you legit felt like claws. Like, it was just the presence of like, a bear. Like, yeah. Oh, like, the, like the like the, the, the soft cloth Khabib. that was on me was bear fur, bro. bro. Oh, and then I had shit. to throw it off. And yeah. I was like, oh, damn. But the most intense... So there's... I, I ended up like closing my eyes for a second. And I was like having full on like visual hallucinations. Like I was seeing, um, I remember seeing there was a house. It was like I was peeking into someone else's life, but I've started to understand it differently. And there was like an old man there, right? And this old man lived with a little girl and he wouldn't let her play. He wouldn't let her go outside. He was like a tyrant, Hmm. right? And the little girl was like having to really suppress her uh you know like girlish young girl energy you know how you, you see like a young girl get super excited about stuff and it's adorable and blah blah blah. all of that was like suppressed and pushed down by this old man's presence um and yeah i don't know i feel like looking back those are kind of like archetypal forces within my own psychology that like i have this like i have this tyrant in me that does suppress um like my inner like childishness or even like right. femininity right that I like pushed that down. And so now I can reinterpret it. But at the time I was just yeah, seeing an like, old man and a girl live in a house together and have a fucked up relationship. And that was like, a, I full on witnessed that. That's crazy. You still remember that too, man. Yeah, I do. Dude, there's well, meanings behind the, that. Uh, the, the image Damn. of the house from the front is, is still clear in my mind. And the image of the old man's face is still clear in my mind. But, um, the craziest thing that happened to me that night and what was totally perspective changing was, um, I was laying down and, I opened my eyes and I was still laying on that love seat. And then there was like a shadowy figure that in my mind, I was like, that's the devil. Right. But I also wasn't afraid, but I knew that it was the devil. Okay. And 
he stood over me, directly over me. I could see him looming over me. Holy shit. And all he said was, uh, all he said was nothing matters. And so I remember laying on the love seat and just like thinking about that for, for like probably two hours. Time is super fluid when you're tripping. It's like, you know, it could have been 30 seconds, but I remember just thinking about nothing matters, like nothing matters. And uh, that was pretty much how the trip ended for me, dude. That's a message right there. That was pretty much how the trip ended for me. And then my homie woke me up right after I had fallen asleep, bro. Like I was praying to fall asleep, you know. (laughs) And right after, bro, it was probably like four thirty a.m. that I fell asleep. And then he wakes me up at like five. He's like, "Fuck!" But the sun. But I felt, I felt good. Like I felt refreshed. I felt a little tired, obviously, but I had come down from the trip. And then we went outside and we smoked a blunt on his front porch. And that was probably the most peaceful moment. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was like, I was like, bro, nothing matters. Nothing does matter. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this is great. Dude. Yeah. Nothing matters. I can be whoever I want. I can do whatever yeah. I want. Like, I can make my own life. You know? Holy shit. And that's what brought shit, me out of that bro. depression. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. That's, that was super that's, intense, bro. That's crazy, bro. Like, it's just crazy how, like, like drugs like that, like, good, like, shrooms and, like, weeds, like, it just gets you in that state of mind because bro like for like those who know like i said off air like before um when i was younger like i was a big pothead bro like, <laughs> like <laughs> because that story Sandy tells like, this man was a huge pothead i was a big like i would smoke you. every fucking day right <laughs> and like i used to love smoking bro and i think it was a sign of a rebellious i was being rebellious you know I, yeah i like the edge of like oh i'm smoking weed my parents don't know like type shit right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. smoking a doobie or some shit bro <laughs> smoking a doobie. and like bro i got in him to it like you know what i'm saying like, uh, he likes uh, it it's not like he he introduced me yeah to weed god's plan stuff like that and it's funny is because like um my parents was always against it, right? But yeah. then, like, when I've told them, I kept a secret from them for, like, a long time. And now I told them, like, yeah, I do it occasionally. And they see how I've been with my parents. Like, I've always supported them, like, make help my brothers and everything. Like, it doesn't change you. I, uh, maybe to – maybe I, I take that back. It might change some people, but, like, they have different thoughts about weed now. Yeah. Like, how they're seeing the news. Like, oh, it's helping cancer Society patients. And stuff. Um and just like stuff like that. So when he introduced me to it, like at first I was so terrified, but yeah. how he told me about it, I was like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. Like, I think I had the, I was in my mind in my life where I was like, dude, fuck it. I mean, just try it. It's not it, like it's going to kill you. And like, Shit. so I wanted to add real quick to that is like when I was a kid, like I used to love, like, getting, like I said, I used to love getting high, just coming home, just forgetting about everything else and just, just fucking being that state of mind or just feeling high. Right. Yeah. I was telling, I don't know if I told him, but as I get older, like he knows, like he he questioned, like what is going on, like I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, you know, I don't do what I used to do, right? But like I've noticed now, like I to, I think, I don't think we were there, but we went. I was telling my friends the other day, we went out to eat, and I was telling them that like the reason why I don't smoke anymore, especially by myself, dude. Like a lot of people smoke to get away from like their demons. When I get You're high now, the demons come towards me. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if I get high by myself, dude, like, I went a while back, like, like beginning of March or, like, end of February, I got super stoned, dude. Like, during the day, bro. And I came home, and I sat on my bed just thinking about, like, fucking, like, death. Yeah. And, like, just, like, my fucking, like, just shit that I'm not supposed to think about. You know what I'm saying? Like, my demons and shit. 
And just I don't smoke anymore because of that reason. Even though I'm laughing when he mentioned that he gets close to his like demons or whatever, it's because like just you saying that because he is anxious when he smokes with us or anything and social media, he's yeah. anxious. Yeah. I remember one time we were in the car smoking. <laughs> this dude forgets how to fucking drive for whatever reason. Oh yeah, I was like, bro, that's happened to me. For he goes sure. like, dude, how the fuck do I put this in drive? I'm like, bro, and it was like down the street. <laughs> it, was down the street. it was literally like down yeah, yeah. the street, bro. I've been driving down a street that I've driven down hundreds of times, and all of a sudden been like, where the fuck am I? Bro? Yeah, 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 you know, like yeah, you're where the fuck am I, bro? Yeah, man, that's wild, bro. I remember. When was the first time? How old were you the first time you smoked weed? I was sixteen. Sixteen. Me I was too. A sophomore, dude. dude. I lost. I lost my virginity and smoked weed for the first time in the same week. Really? Yeah. Damn. Go yeah. I was sixteen. Bro, it was when a I lost wild my virginity, week, but dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. Damn. It was a wild it's week. Felt like bro. you had a good week, bro. <laughs> yeah, for bro, real. Okay. So, so it was me and then like two of my homeboys, right? Uh, one of them was the same dude that I did mushrooms with the first time. So. I don't know if he was a bad influence or if I was, but we were influencing each other right, to like right, experiment, right. you know? Um, and we bought probably what was an overpriced gram that wasn't really a full gram. And you know what I mean? Like we yeah. probably got fucked over. Yeah, yeah. Um, the homie rolled the blunt for us, which actually was, that's pretty nice because we had no idea what to do. Um, that's how we are with yeah, our girl. Like, yeah, who the yeah. fuck has yeah. the best, who yeah, got the yeah, best yeah. rolling technique? We had man. no idea. We're like, uh, thanks for the weed, bro. What do we do now? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? How do we, you know? We and he's like, I got you, I got you. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> so I was with these two homies and we smoked literally, bro, we smoked half the blunt, okay? And we mm-hmm. were fucking ripped. Yeah. Because I heard, I know people like will be like, I didn't get high the first time because I was taking baby hits or whatever. Nah, bro, we, we were puffing it. Like we were burning this blunt down and it got to be too much. And so one of my, one of my other homies was out of town and we had been smoking in his driveway. And so we, I just put the blunt out and just left it like near his front door or whatever. And we would come back for it the next day. So we went and we ate and whatever. And then that night ended, we were, we got high for the first time. That was cool. Next night we're hanging out. I'm hanging out with the same two homies. And then <laughs> it's terrible. This is terrible. This is something I had shame about. You want to talk about like? <laughs> That's why I let it out. It's because like, he overcame it. He yeah, overcame yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Oh, shit. I, well, you know, I told the story more than once. I told the story to, uh, I told the story to my ex girlfriend. I think that's whenever I overcame the shame of it, because like, you know, you want your girl to think of you as a good guy, but it's mm-hmm. like, hey, here's this fucked up thing that I kind of did, you know. Um, so I was chilling with those same two homies, <laughs> and uh, the other homie, not the shroom homie. I'll call him C so we can just keep track. Jay is the homie I did shrooms with. Um, and so C brought the girl that he was talking to along. Oh, God. To, uh, <laughs> I don't know how the story's about the to go. The girl that he was talking to along <laughs> to come hang out with us, right? And so it was the four of us chilling. And we went and picked up the other half of the blunt, which had to look ridiculous in her eyes because I know she was like very comfortable smoking weed and having sex and doing all this other stuff it was like nowhere near her first time for any of that you know what i'm saying so she's like these guys just fucking left half a blunt in front of this guy's house like you know what i mean like you could have finished this blunt like looking back this is the first time i'm realizing how (laughs) insane that probably seemed to her yeah like um so anyways we finished this blunt and then uh we were all gonna just like stay out for the night like i told my dad like yo i'm gonna spend the night at this other homie's house and they told their parents like yo i'm gonna spend the night at daniel's house or whatever you know um we're just gonna stay out 
but then C <laughs> had to go home, right? He had to go home. And so we go and drop him off and we ask the girl like, yo, so what's up? Like, are we still chilling or are you trying to go home? Like, what are we doing? She's like, oh, well y'all can come over. Like my grandpa is probably asleep. I have the whole upstairs to myself, right? And so we were like, okay, shit, cool. Still like legitimately nothing devious had crossed my mind, bro. I had right. no intentions at all other than like, fucking, I have a place to sleep tonight, right? So we get there. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> just to add to the story, I'm super allergic to cats, bro. Oh, like, hey, me and him now. Bro, yeah, like I'm, super allergic. Like if I'm in dude. a cat's presence for five minutes, my eyes start to puff up and like close. Bro, yeah. same. Literally, yeah, yeah. he used to have a cat, left the house. Dude, I had to pull over for a second to let my eyes stop fucking watering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot fucking <laughs> actually drive right now. So <laughs> so we, we're at this girl's house. It's probably like midnight, right? Uh, by the time we get over there, we're just chilling for a little bit, uh, watching a movie or whatever. And then my, my homie Jay, he moves over to the couch. She had a bed in her room and the couch. He moves over to the couch. So it's just us on the bed. Oh, and dear. still, like, I, dude, I hadn't <laughs> done anything at this point, bro. You're a virgin. Yeah, virgin. I hadn't even, I hadn't fingered a girl. I hadn't done, I hadn't done. Oh, dear. Bro, I hadn't done anything. Uncharted territory. Yeah. No, no, bro. I hadn't Always done nervous. anything, right? Yeah. And so it was like, yeah. So I was like, I didn't even think about it even whenever we were on the bed together, just her and I, until she like scooted a little closer to me and then it instantly clicked. I was like, oh shit, bro, we're about to have sex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> I was like, which is super presumptuous, which is super presumptuous. <laughs> yeah. But I was, you know, you can feel the vibe. Scoots bro. over, hey, yeah, bro, yeah. never scoot next to me, bro. Don't scoot next to me, bro. Don't get too close, Don't get too close. You trying to fucking hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you need a hug, bro, but like, come on. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, we so, good. so she scoots over. So she scoots over. Like, yeah. And then, fuck. you know, we started making out or whatever. But, bro, I was so nervous. Like, I couldn't even get hard. And so, but she was a champion. I was like, how many, how many, Help. how many, <laughs> how take, many 16 year old virgins has this girl slept with? Like, as soon as like she realized that I wasn't getting up because I was nervous, she just, she just went down on me like right away, bro. Until I got hard. And I was like, what a queen. What yeah. an angel. What a to like save me from the embarrassment. To save me from the embarrassment bro, of this age. <laughs> just instantly, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, look at like looking back. I did I took it for granted at the time. What a good soul. Yeah, no, but now I'm like, thanks for the help, bro. That's an alley oop. And uh <laughs> and like clutch, clutch play yeah. on her part. Yeah. And so we ended up having sex for a while, dude. And my other homie was just awake on the couch. Like he didn't hear in the same Dude, bro. I forgot about it, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just <laughs> pretending to be asleep on the couch, hearing like the tears. whole thing, bro. Right? <laughs> trying to sleep. Tears, bro, like tears. That could so, be me. I'm not acknowledging the effect of this cat on me, right? Until we until we leave. Until we leave, bro. The pussy got me twice that night. Until we leave, bro. And then we leave, and it's probably bro. First of all, we left at like three. We did not stay the whole night. Like as soon as we got done having sex, I was like, "That just happened." You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a lot for me. It's a lot for a young boy <laughs> to go through, dude, you know. And I was like, especially totally unplanned, not yeah. in an intimate That's relationship with this yeah. person. I did, bro. I had not talked to this person until that night for the first time. Wow. Yeah. And Jeez. so yeah, it very not intimate. You know what I mean? Like very detached and casual. But um. 
yeah dude so then we ended up leaving at like three at like i was like bro we gotta get out of here like it, it was like instantly kind of awkward after it happened because it was like oh you talking to my friend now you know like mm. i didn't say that but that's the first thing that went through my mind i was like damn bro that's messy does your friend know he found out yeah and oh but you didn't tell him you just found out i didn't tell him it was a follow through after yeah. that it happens yeah, yeah, I didn't tell. <laughs> the power of weed. We'll get you pussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's the moral story. Yeah, yeah. bring yeah. half a blunt. You're good. Yeah, bring half a blunt. Don't fuck your friends. Whatever. Don't do that, dude. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't you know. do that. I regret it. Yeah. It's well, like, no, I'm I glad don't. I no, asked no. It happened. what you experienced with shrooms yeah. at first, and then yeah. we got this whole story. I yeah, dude. That was a good laugh. That yeah. was a good story. Yeah, <laughs> man. It was. That was a very strange night, bro. I had terrible fucking allergies. I felt horrible. I had to drink a five-hour energy. I had work the next morning. I went with no sleep. And my eyes were like shut. You know what I mean? I no sleep. That. My eyes were shut, bro. We had to do a catering. I worked at a barbecue restaurant. It was not a normal shift. We had to go do a catering event for this, like, uh, for like a Chevy dealership. It was, bro. It was miserable. Yes. Yeah, I, that, that I feel you, man. Like, this one time, he knows this, he was, you know, the story. But, like, last year, like... I got fucked up and like, you know, I ended up hooking up with a girl and at the time I was an Amazon driver, dude. And I like, it was from like, I was awake from like 4 a.m. I had to be at work. I had to drive all day, bro. Yeah. So I went and worked driving, delivering you guys fucking packages. <laughs> fucked up. Hung over. I'm fucking emotional. Like, it was fucking terrible, dude. Yeah. Dark times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You remember? Damn. Did you enjoy the night though? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you all fair what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was good. It was good. I think that's what matters, you know? It's like you're always gonna have the repercussions of like enjoying yourself just like that. Like taking <clears throat> indulging. Indulgence has a price, you know. It does. Every indulgence. Small price to pay for pleasure. <laughs> Might Bro. as well fucking quote Thanos. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <God>. But <laughs> yeah, man. Honestly, like I remember thinking, like that that was that was not that cool. Like it's, after that, you know what I mean? I was like, that was not that cool. But honestly, like that, but that's because I was having I was having like I was having sex like a brand new kid. I didn't. It wasn't. It is what it is, man. You do shit like that. Like I sometimes I think to myself, I've done some fucked up shit as a kid, and even to this now, I do some fucked up shit. I'm thinking myself, like, God damn it, you know. <laughs> Everybody like does, fuck. man. You know Everybody saying? does. That's why. That's like like what I'm saying. That's why you got to talk about it, bro. Because it's just like a story. Like unless you're fucking, unless you're doing something really horrible, and it's like somebody needs to take care of that. <laughs> I <laughs> killed somebody in me. Dug a hole and threw yeah. his buddy in it. Like oh, we're just swapping shameful stories. Okay, well one time, nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like goddamn, bro. Uh, we need to we need to do something about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. I don't know. I guess you know I've, I've I've there have been times in my life where I thought of myself as a bad person, like I had a really negative view of myself, and I really haven't done anything like that bad, bro. Like that's the, crazy. The worst things I've ever done were probably like, I don't know, maybe like bullying somebody in high school or like Jesus, and wrestling, <laughs> putting bro. them in a locker, and wrestling. In wrestling was dog. Yeah. The wrestling locker room was a hellish place. Yeah, toxic. Bro. As a senior, and then like some of the younger kids come in, and okay, so like like we talk about how Juan has like a low, he he thinks higher, he thinks better of you. He doesn't think that you should break, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, the freshman kids who have never wrestled before, they come in and wrestling is the most intense sport you can do in high school, one, probably one of the most intense sports you can do ever, right? right. Like it's 
it's way harder than jiu-jitsu is from a physical standpoint from like a the mindset of like i had to constantly dominate like have mm. this huge ego you know what i mean um and uh and so the freshmen would come in and it's like you know they almost have, i feel like in a way they have to get forged like hazing is a natural part of wrestling like if you go to college like we went to an intensive camp and like we were getting hazed bro like people are getting hazed in wrestling because it's like what is your threshold that's what we're trying to see in every single moment i'm trying to break you not even just on the mat i'm trying to break you in the in the locker room. i'm trying to break you if i see you in the hallway you know what i mean i'm trying to break you just to see where that threshold is maybe i can toughen you up a little bit um uh but also we were just being assholes so yeah dude crazy shit went down in the wrestling locker room that was a terrible i i, I did feel a little bit of shame about that for a little while like mm-hmm. some shit that i probably made some some kids feel pretty bad about themselves hey man but yeah. it probably made them a better person after hopefully man i know like one homie he really ended up pretty successful i know another homie who did not but i don't, I don't think i had much to do with that okay yeah. well, fuck, hopefully not yeah. you don't think conscious daniel's episode has to be the funnest i've had or the stories like, yeah the stories yeah. for sure dude absolutely like, i feel like laughs, and like just our first video I think it went well, man. I feel like our episode are just hopefully just elevating for not only us as, you know, we're sitting yeah. here talking to our guests or whatnot, but also for the audience out there that are just giving us a try and listening. It's it's always good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We, we learn your perspective. I get to learn you a little bit more. I mean, more than just... We communicate yeah. through jiu-jitsu, but now we're communicating communicating with our words and emotions, so that's pretty cool. We absolutely, appreciate your man. time, Daniel. We yeah, really man. do, and thank you for coming down. Yeah, dude, I'm grateful for, for the experience and just being able to kind of like share the show, show yeah and just like share with an audience that i'm i'm typically reserved even though i have i feel like i have a lot to say but i kind of i don't know no nah, you'll definitely be back it. on the podcast if you're down absolutely Another episode. Yeah. absolutely yeah. man yeah. as always guys you guys have a kick-ass week uh we're on youtube now with videos YouTube. spotify Apple podcast and everywhere Play. everywhere <laughs> yeah also before we forget that we've don't forget to advertise we do have a tiktok now the yeah podcast we're trying TikTok. to yeah i'll figure out some posting shit on there but we're gonna get tackling tiktok as well just get as much exposure as possible yeah yeah, yeah. we appreciate you guys time you guys have a kick-ass Peace. week guys your phone's definitely dead henry yep